Thanks for joining us at the Business Growth Cafe, where each week we select from a menu of topics for a focused discussion with an industry expert to provide insights that can impact your business's growth with your host, Angelo Ponzi. I am Angelo Ponzi, your host here at the Business Growth Cafe, and thank you for joining us. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to give you a quiz. Have you become cynical or critical at work? Do you drag yourself to work and have trouble getting started? Have you become a little irritated or impatient with your coworkers, customers, or clients, or maybe even your boss? Do you lack energy to be consistently productive? Do you find it hard to concentrate? Do you lack satisfaction from your achievements? Do you feel disillusioned about your job? Now, are you using food, drugs, or alcohol to feel better or to simply not feel at all? And lastly, have your sleep habits changed? If yes to any one of these, you might be burned out. Now, employee burnout cases have increased to the point where the World Health Organization has officially recognized it as an occupational phenomenon. In fact, the organization has concluded it has included it in its 11th revision of the International Classification of Diseases. Who would have thought? The handbook describes burnout as a syndrome conceptualized as resulting from chronic workplace stress that has not been successfully managed. I think we can all relate to that, especially during these times with COVID. Many of us have been stuck at home, not having a chance to get out or certainly get out to do the things we love. Going to the grocery store or or the local pharmacy is not necessarily getting out. Well, today I may have a solution for you. I have Dr. Sharon Grossman, author of 7E Solution to Burnout, to discuss the root causes of burnout and actions you can take to help reduce stress. Now, don't go away. I'm going to be right back, and I'm certainly looking forward to this. I'm sure you are too. Let's get distressed together. My company, The Ponzi Group, provides consulting, interim, and fractional marketing and leadership services with a focus on the strategic and analytical side of marketing. We take a holistic approach to driving business growth. Consider us your marketing architects. We use research to gather the necessary insights from your customers, prospects, the competition, and the marketplace to develop fact-based approaches to building effective and efficient growth plans. And, much like a general contractor, we partner with internal teams or carefully selected vetted individuals and organizations to execute the strategies and plans, as well as provide oversight and management to ensure we stay on brand and plan. To learn more about our services, visit theponzigroup.com. As I mentioned, I have Dr. Sharon Grossman, author of The 7E Solution to Burnout, to discuss the root causes of burnout and the actions you can take to help reduce stress in your work and in your personal life. Sharon, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you here. You know, stress is a killer, as we all know, and um, there's a lot of different aspects to this. And so I'm, I'm really looking forward to digging into your background and your book, and not only to help my listeners, but hopefully help me as well, because on occasion, not very often, I do stress out a little bit, except when I yell at my boss, I'm just yelling at myself in the mirror. So, it's, uh, <laughs> And I don't pay attention to me, so there we go. Um 
to kind of get things going, why don't you put some context around you and your book and your business? And let's start there. So the rest of the conversation makes sense to the people. Sure. So I have a background in psychology, um, but I really am focusing currently on coaching and even more specifically on burnout. So really what I would say to your listeners is I work with super high achievers. And so it's not really surprising that they end up feeling burned out um, because, you know, they're very driven. Um, and so what I do is I really help them to find ways to live their best life, to feel fulfilled in whatever it is that they're doing. Um, and, to not have to sacrifice themselves in the process. So uh, I have spent the last, I would say three years, uh, the first two and a half years were to just do some research for my book. And then um, since then, just like coaching people specifically on this topic and really talking to people about the differences between stress and burnout, because I think it's so important for people to understand what it is to, that they need to look for and what they can do about it. Okay. You know, one of the, the questions I had, and, and you said stress and burnout, but I, I, I have the word anxiety in there. Yeah. So does anxiety lead to stress or does stress lead to anxiety? Chicken <laughs> or the egg? <laughs> so they're kind of different. Here's what I would say. Stress is based on perception. So when we have things that happen to us in the world, like COVID, for example, then the way that we think about COVID creates stress or doesn't create stress based on that interpretation. So if you say to yourself, well, let me let me do this. Let me just ask you, how do you think about COVID? Well, you know, that's interesting because um, from a work standpoint, I mean, it it impacted, mar it impacted my business, impacted marketing. And typically when things go, you know, down the drain, um, businesses start cutting budgets and it has an impact on marketing. People look at marketing a lot of times as an expense, not an investment. So, you know, the first few months of COVID, it ha had a definite impact, which caused stress and anxiety about, you know, re generating revenue and paying bills and all those kinds of things. From a work environment, nothing changed for me. Because I've been had a home office, I've worked at home before, and, and for, since 2014 when I started this, I've been working at home. So from that standpoint, it didn't cause stress. What eventually I think got to me from a, a stress standpoint, I won't say anxiety, but stress, is was the inability to leave, right? Because now that we're in this really massive lockdown, and as we got into the holidays, you know, I was I was warned if I go out the door and and, you know, I catch COVID, I got bigger problems than COVID if I ruin the holidays. So not being able to get out of the house and do those kinds of things, because frankly, I'll sit here all day unless somebody kicks me out. So that that's probably how I see COVID and how it impacted me. And that's actually one of my questions to you is what do you see in in your business and dealing with people, especially that have been never worked at home? Now they're working at home. They're not interacting the way they used to, or they can't get used to what we're doing today and just having a conversation, you know, over the, over the internet. And it builds a lot of stress. Yeah. So coming back for a moment to your situation, I would say that you can see from your example that when you think about 
all the ways that COVID has negatively impacted you, you might feel stressed. Like if you're making less money in your business, if it's harder to reach customers, if, you know, if you're stuck at home, you have thoughts about all that. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I am stuck at home. I can't go out is a thought. And then when you think that, how do you feel? Feel like crap. <laughs> feel like crap, right? It makes sense. Yeah. But when you think about, oh, you know, I already had a home office. I've been doing this since 2014. How do you feel? I feel perfectly fine. Perfectly fine, right? Now, COVID hasn't changed. It's just the way that you're looking at it that is now shifted, which then creates a different sort of um, feeling within you. And I would say that for certainly it's been stressful for a lot of people because there's a lot of change. Um, and there's a lot of restrictions and people just don't like that people, you know, when they have thoughts about, you know, all the things that they can't do that they want to do, they feel frustrated. So that makes sense. I would say with regards to anxiety, what we saw, especially in the beginning is that so much uh, anxiety came up for people because of the uncertainty of the situation, because we had never had a pandemic before. We didn't know what to expect. We didn't know how long it was going to last. We didn't know what it would mean for our work. For those who were employed, they didn't know if they were going to have a job. Uh, for people who are working from home, they were like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. For parents who had kids that were now homeschooling, you know, it was it was both stressful and anxiety provoking. It was stressful. It's like, oh, I have another thing that I have to do. And it was anxiety provoking because it's like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And how is my kid going to fare at home? And how going to manage this and that and the other, you know, so we have a lot of these kinds of thoughts and questions in our mind. And that is a direct correlation to then how we feel, whether we feel stressed out, anxious, burned out, whatever the case may be. Well, you mentioned the word perception when we first started talking and, and perception is reality in the way I always look at it. And, and so that perception of I can't get out of the house Therefore, I am, you know, more anxious or feeling claustrophobic or but it might not necessarily be the reality. It's is it, is it, you're finding that a lot of people are just self-imposing these feelings on themselves. Well, what I would say is this. There are certainly some restrictions and that would be a fact. Right. And we have to separate facts from thoughts. They're very different. Sometimes people get them confused. So they think things and then they're like, oh, because I had this thought, it must be true. And that's what gets people into trouble. And so one of the first things I teach people is to separate the two. What are the things that if and and what is a fact? A fact is something that if you ask anybody, they would say, yep, that's happening. Like we have COVID is a fact, Mm -hmm. right? It doesn't matter if you ask your mom, your uncle, your your child, your parent, whoever, they would all agree that this is happening. So we know that's a fact. How you think about that then is going to determine how you feel. So when you say to yourself, oh, you know, I'm stuck at home, that is not a fact. That is a thought, right? And okay. we know that because even though you can't do as many things as you did before, fact, you can still get out of your house. You can literally like open the door, go outside, go for a walk, go, you know, get your groceries, go and do all kinds of things. So there are more restrictions than before, but you're not stuck at home. Right. And and the key here is to identify once you once you can separate the facts 
from the thoughts, then you want to really ask yourself, how do I want to feel? Because that's the next step, right? Our thoughts then create our feelings. And so if there is COVID, we're not going to think it away. How do you want to feel about the fact that there's COVID? Do you want to feel stressed and burned out and anxious? Or do you want to feel calm? And like you said before, just fine, right? You can have those emotions. And it's just a, simply a matter of what you're focusing your mind on. How do you think about your circumstances that are going to create that feeling of calmness? Okay. That's really interesting. I mean, it. there's so much in the power of ourselves, right? I mean, what, how we control how we feel, obviously that's what we do. And, and that letting COVID as an outside influence necessarily cripple us to your point. You're, you're talking about, I mentioned getting out your point. I can walk in the backyard. So that gets back to that perception and reality is what does out mean? Does out mean that I just can't get out of the house? I mean, Hey, one of my greatest days is going to, you know, the supermarket and getting to walk the aisle, but, but I can't play golf as much, let's say. Therefore, I'm imposing that restriction as I can't. So, I mean, is that where we kind of get into the, the, the self-imposed psychological stuff that, that we impose on ourselves? I'm rambling a little bit, but that, that we can control other tools to do that. Well, I would say this. If the golf course is closed, then it's a fact that you can't play golf. Now, the question is, what do you want to make that mean? Right? Because when you when you harness on it, you're probably not going to feel very happy. And that's not going to serve you. So you have to be really intentional about what you focus your mind on. Your mind is the most powerful tool that you have. And so you can use it to your advantage or you can use it to your disadvantage when you're not really managing it. It's going to just run on autopilot, which is what it likes to do because it's trying to be efficient in the world. Um, and just like your car, when you're on the highway and you're driving long distances, it's like, yeah, just press that, you know, autopilot button and it'll go and you, it's just more efficient. Like you don't have to press the gas pedal, right? And that's what your subconscious mind is doing. And that's why we create habits so that we don't have to think so much about everything that we do. Um, and in the same way, that's what our beliefs are. They are uh, thoughts that we've had over and over again that have become automated that help us to then stay um, in a pattern of behavior and then we can get the same results. So for example, when you wake up in the morning, you brush your teeth without thinking about it. You're not like, well, what day is it? And what time is it? And should I brush today? I brushed yesterday. And like, is it a good idea? You just get up and you do it, right? That is an automated pattern that, you know, you've programmed yourself to do. And we do that not just in our behaviors, but in our thoughts, right? We have certain thoughts over and over again. We ruminate on things and I have a lot of clients that have very anxious minds. And so, one of the things that I think is really helpful if, if that's, you know, anybody that's listening is to recognize that even if you have that anxious mind, there is something that you can do to infiltrate, to really change that. And, and, and it really takes a lot of mindfulness to notice what's happening and then to intervene. Do you, do you find it? So are, are you working mostly with business or personal individuals or both or how does it? 
what are you what are you doing right now? Where do you where where's the anxiety and the stress coming from these days besides everybody? Yeah, so I'm working more with the individuals and they can be people who are working for different industries, but they can also be business owners. Um, and and typically somebody will self-refer to me if they feel like they're really struggling, they're burning out, they're super anxious they're overwhelmed and they just don't know what to do. But, you know, they're kind of, I've tried everything I'm done. Like, I don't know what else to do. Um, and they, they want to figure out like how to do it better, how to do it better in not that much time, um, and have that quick transformation. So, so that's what I, that's kind of how people reach me and, and how we work together. Do you, are you finding that in, in the companies that you are working with, there's a lot of disengagement because i know there's a lot of studies out there about employee disengagement is, is it is it been exacerbated because of covid well i would say this we definitely know that burnout is on the rise and when it comes to burnout there are um a couple of different subcategories, if you will different categories uh of cat of burnout that are related to engagement so we have the person who is overly engaged, who is trying very hard to get everything done, who's constantly pushing themselves, who's responding to the pressure, who is responding to the demands and is trying to keep up and constantly pouring more and more of themselves into the job. And that's certainly something that can easily be understood as something that would lead to burnout, right? Because we're, we're just not recovering. We're not allowing ourselves to pause. And then um, the different, the other version of burnout is somebody who is disengaged, like you mentioned. And those are typically people who feel under challenged, who feel bored. You know, it's a very monotonous kind of work or something that's below their skill level. It's not a good fit. So for different reasons, people can become disengaged. Um, the other thing that we see is once somebody is in the process of burning out, that they become mentally exhausted. So it's harder for them to focus their they, their attitude changes towards the job. And then ultimately, they have um, different kinds of outcomes, the performance kind of declines because they they lose that belief in their ability to do the work. So they're less effective, they're less um, capable, not because their skill level has changed, but because they're in that burnout place where they just don't have the mental resources, they can't focus, like we said, and also um, they've lost their confidence, they've lost their belief in themselves. So again, this is why it's so important to focus in on mindset, because it's, that's the game changer. You know, we see it as something that is negatively affected when we're burned out. And it's also the thing that helps us recover is by changing your mindset and thinking about things in a new way that you can regain your confidence and increase your performance. Okay. You know, um, one of the words that you you said, but it made me think of, and I, I have a a, a, a Deloitte and Touche study that on workplace burnout. And what they say, the study indicated that 77% of the respondents said they have experienced employee burnout at their current job, 
with more than half uh, citing more than one occurrence. But one of the bullet points is about passion, that the employees who say they have passion, the statistic is 87% of professionals surveys say they have passion for their current job, but 64% of them say they are frequently stressed, dispelling the myth that passion, passionate employees are immune from stress or burnout. What's your thoughts on that? So from my experience, what I've seen is that passion is actually something that's very important to help prevent burnout. Um, and that is because when you're really enjoying the work that you do, when you gain a lot of pleasure or fulfillment or meaning from your work, it doesn't have the same negative effects on you. So you could be working very long hours. You can work you know, almost exclusively throughout the day and not feel it as much as somebody who works half the time and hates their job, mm -hmm. right? So it really does affect, and, and that's because, I mean, I don't know how you feel about doing the work that you do, but I just absolutely love the work that I do so much so that I could work nights and weekends, not, you know, I don't do it all the time, but I can easily do that a lot. And I don't burn out because I just, for me, it's, it's just fun, right? Mm -hmm. um, if I really didn't like my job and I was only working maybe nine to five, I would probably burn out a lot faster. So I think that there is something to be said for passion. And when, um, I mean, it would be interesting to hear the people that were in that study, what they think, and maybe they you know, it could be that they're passionate about the work that they do in the sense that they find it really meaningful, but there's aspects of the work that they do that they don't like. And when they're involved in those aspects of the work, and we've seen this a lot, then they really start hating on the job, right? And they, mm -hmm. they're like, oh, I really don't like having to, you know, physicians, for example, will say, I really don't like doing the the electronic medical records, like that's the part they hate the most. Um, so every, I think every industry has something that your job requires you to do that you don't like. If you're, you know, if you're a business owner, it might be like your taxes or it might be for you. Nobody likes taxes, by the way. <laughs> you know, I mean, well, accountants like it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You're right. You know? You're right. So, you know, I think everybody has some some aspect of their work that they probably don't like. And if they are too focused on that, um, then maybe that's tainting the picture for them. I don't know. It's hard to know because we, we don't have access to the people in the research, but I would be super interested in finding out. Right. You know, um, over the years, I've done a lot of focus groups, for example, and, and depending on the product, we would define what the word quality meant. Somebody say, oh, that's a quality product. And so it would be, well, what do you mean by quality? So what do you mean by this? And as they described it, I would dig further. So what does burnout mean? In your, your description, how did we define someone who's burned out? Because to your point, I, I'm like you. I love what I do. I, I literally could work nonstop, which unfortunately I have on many occasions, work every weekend. I don't think I, 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 I took Saturday afternoon off. I literally worked all day Sunday, Saturday morning. I worked all last week and the week before that. And, and I think even uh, on Christmas Day before I went to my sister's, I came into the office and did something. So but I love it, right? So it's, it's, there's a passion there, come with the words we've been talking about. 
But there's just days I'm exhausted. I won't say I'm burned out, but just exhausted about it. And so let's define what burnout means in the context of this conversation and, and, and in your world. So before I do that, I have a question for you. When you said that you were exhausted. I'm getting a free, uh, free, free therapy session here. <laughs> <laughs> when you said that you were exhausted, did you mean that you were physically exhausted or that you were mentally exhausted? Physically. Yeah. So one of the big things that we see with burnout. So first, let me just back up and say burnout is when we have chronic stress over time. So we feel stressed and we feel stressed and we feel stressed and we're not really doing anything to de-stress. So it's accumulating and then it builds and builds to the point where it's starting to really chip away at us. And so the primary thing that we see first and foremost is exhaustion, but it's more of a mental exhaustion. And the way that you know the difference between physical and uh, exhaustion, like typical exhaustion and burnout is that when you take yourself away from your work, if you're burned out and you're focusing on something else, then all of a sudden you rediscover your energy. Whereas if you're physically exhausted, like if you just run a marathon, your body's just so tired, then, you know, switching your mind onto something else doesn't replenish your energy. It's just, you need to go and have a nap, you know? Yeah. So, and I do so, that on occasion. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's, that's like a key indicator for people is to recognize, like, does it take you a really long time to recover from the effects of your job? Do, do you find that it's harder for you to focus? Is your attitude changed? Um, a lot of times when people are really at the end of their rope, they'll say, that a weekend's not enough. They need like three or four days of being in bed and, and really like resting to just to get back to baseline, like not to be amazing, right? But just to kind of get back to baseline. And so uh, that's when you know that something's wrong. It, it shouldn't take four days to recover from your work, you know? Um, but that's also an indication that there's probably some sort of lack of balance in place. And often what we said in the beginning is that when you have people who are highly driven and overly engaged, that they are pouring everything they've got into this one basket, which is work. And it's so important and often overlooked that we actually, as human beings, need other things in our life to have balance so that we're healthy so that we're able to our mind can focus on our work so we have energy uh, and that is you know the basics that we've been taught forever right like eat healthy exercise get lots of sleep all the basics are just going to keep you going um, so that you don't burn out and so that's really key and if people aren't doing those things you might want to revisit that because even though it sounds so simple and so basic it works you know, well, we know the basics are difficult. You said you said the two the two dreaded words that I've I've had many discussions on on this show, and that's work life balance. I guess that's three words combined with stress or anxiety. I mean, it's people are always trying to achieve. How do I work? How do I have an outside life? Separate the two to rejuvenate and all the things that we're we're talking about. In your work, have you found that that is 
you know, still the elusive golden ring for many people? Well, I think it's important to have some sort of self-care in place all the time. And, you know, that looks different for everybody. I think part of the backlash against work-life balance is that people define balance in different ways. And most people think about it as like a 50-50 split. And that's, as they say, impossible. Um, but I don't look at it like that. Uh, other terms that have come out to kind of get away from that word is work-life integration. And that perhaps resonates more closely with a lot of people because we have work, which takes up the majority of our resources and the you know majority of, of the time that we're awake is what we're focused on, right? But we also need to not um, neglect the other important aspects of our life, which are our health, our mental health, our relationships. There's so much uh, that we have that we need to allocate other resources for that, whether it's our time or energy, um, whatever the case may be. So I think it's really important for people to think holistically about their life and what more they want. And a great exercise that, um, that people can do to give themselves more of a perspective on this is to really think for a moment, if you were truly right now on your deathbed, which we've seen, you know, unfortunately has been the case a lot in the last year with COVID. Like people have unexpectedly died and gotten really sick. Um, it's it's really it's really a good exercise because it gives you some perspective. So if you really truly were right now on your deathbed and you knew that this was the end, and you looked back on your life, what would be your thoughts on it? Like, would you regret? anything and if if so what are those regrets would you regret not having worked more or would you have regretted working too much and neglecting the rest of your life and so i i really encourage people to do that exercise so that they can um think big picture about what really matters and as much as you love the work that you do, there's other things in life that make life meaningful. And so sure, it's important to have meaningful work, but it's also important to have a meaningful life. And life isn't just work, right? And it's not like this, uh, the expression, live to work. It's yeah, more work about live, like, yeah. work to live. And, and, and it's not 100%, you know, work to live, I think, I think there's something in the middle where we can live and work when we can like work in something that we absolutely love it brings so much to our lives you know sometimes people will say oh you know if i won the lottery i would quit my job tomorrow and i always say even if i won the lottery i would still do what i do because that's how much i love it it's not about the money it's just like the passion that i have for for the work right and so yes i would do other things you know I would travel and I would do other things. It's not even about what you would buy, right? It's just about experiences. And so when, you, when you're in that place of, you know, in your mind, in that exercise of like, I'm on my deathbed, then you can think about like, what really is the ideal? What, how would I really want to live my life if I knew that I had a very limited time to live? Because I think so often we take for granted what we have, 
And then as we saw with COVID, it can be taken away in an instant, unexpectedly, unplanned. And um, and it's too bad that we we didn't take advantage fully of everything that we have. So I think we have so much to be grateful for and that we need to be very intentional about the decisions that we make and where we spend our resources so that we can live life more fully. Agreed. And, and I look at one of our precious resources as time. And, and so really, where do we spend that time? And you said something else, and I just want to remind the audience and you if you have not heard it. We uh, just a, a couple of weeks ago, we did a podcast on what are you grateful for? Because even though we went through a lot of stuff in 2020, there there is something somewhere, some way, there's a, a silver lining that you were grateful for something or many things. And so we tried to bring that out and show, you know, that that good things did happen and then inspirations uh, for the future. One of the things that's popped into my head as, as we're talking is it maybe it's just where people are in their careers, but kind of boomers, Gen Xers, millennials, is there kind of different levels are people experiencing the same kind of stress throughout these different generations or do we definitely see you know what i would suspect is the boomer generation is more stressed than the than the gen xers and and they're more stressed than the millennials but i'm not necessarily sure because i think it's also and contradicting what i just said in perspective you know i have a i have three millennials who probably swore up and down they're as stressed if not more stressed than i am because it's all relative, I think, to, to their life. Exactly. I, I would say that, you know, it's hard to say who's most stressed, but um, I think we're just stressed by different things. You know, so when you're in your 20s, let's say, you might be stressed by the fact that you didn't get as many likes on your Facebook share or what have you. Uh, and then when you're in your forties right now, you've got these parents who are working from home and they've got the kids that they're trying to homeschool and, and they're cleaning their own house cause they can't have the housekeeper come in and they're got to like cook all the meals. And like, it's just so much stuff on their plate. And then you've got the elderly who are really isolated. They can't see their grandkids. They can't see their, their kids. And, um, you know, they're afraid of getting COVID because they're at the most susceptible of everybody. And so they're very limited. It could be they're limited in mobility or they're just limited in like exposure and like their health and whatnot. So I think we, we all can feel stress for different reasons. And it's really our job to then figure out how to make the best of every situation. Okay. The, um, I know I mentioned in the very beginning, and and so I want to talk about your book a little bit, and it's Seven E Solution to Burnout, right? Yeah. So I, I have to ask, of course, what is Seven E? Because I have no idea. I know it's very cryptic. <laughs> <laughs> so what I did was I I this is my first book, and. I really was excited about the prospect of writing it, but it was also a little bit overwhelming to think about how do you take all the knowledge and information that you have and put it into a book? You know, it's it's like there's so much that I could talk about, but I want it to be relevant and I wanted to make sense and be succinct. And so as I started to put some thoughts down on paper, 
I then tried to think about how to make it, how to organize it in a, in a way that makes sense. And so we're dealing with burnout and I wanted to give people kind of like a blueprint, a step-by-step guide of like how to coach themselves out of it. Um, and so one of the things I started to notice is that a lot of the solutions were uh, things that started with the letter E. And so I gathered up seven of these and that became the framework for the book. So it's really like a seven step guide to helping people coach themselves out of burnout. Um, and so just to give you an example, the very first E is emotional intelligence. And we've talked a little bit about that already today. And the basic premise is number one, you have to have some self-awareness, right? You have to know what the thoughts are that are creating the stress, the anxiety, the overwhelm, the burnout for you in order to change anything. So, uh, and that's true for any kind of change that you need to make in your life. You always have to start from that place of self-awareness. Once you have that, then you're able to dive in, make some other changes. So I just start the reader with getting more familiarized with themselves. And so it's really like a journey for them to discover things about themselves, to have some more insight into what makes them tick, why they feel the way that they do, what are some of those thoughts, what are the beliefs, what are the triggers, all these things. And then from that place of understanding, then we can start to kind of chisel away at the problem. Is this a, would you describe this as a self-help book? Absolutely. Yeah, it actually, I, I created it in such a way where I have all the information, but I didn't want to overwhelm people. So what I did was I broke everything up into little sections and then had an, uh, I created a workbook where people can uh, answer some questions and do some reflection on how the material they just read applies to their situation. So they can really take it slowly through this process. It's not a, you know, it's not a race to the end, but it's really about like reading a section, um, answering those questions, thinking about how does it apply to me in my life, and then being able to um, actually see the results. And it's so cool, I have to tell you, um, like I said, it's my first book, but I just received an email yesterday from somebody who's a firefighter who said that he's really been struggling and he's looked at all kinds of options and nothing really helped. And then he somebody told him about my book or he found it somehow. And it's been super helpful to him. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. Like to hear right. from people that it's, you know, it's like my own like stuff that I put into a book and now people are actually reading it and they're finding it helpful. And that is that brings me like so much joy. Well, that's congratulations on that. I, I know that's always the uh, anytime you for me, I, I write something or give a presentation. It, there's always that dreadful fear that people at the end are going to go, I didn't learn anything or I didn't get anything out of it or you know, it was horrible. So there's always that innate fear. But when you get feedback like that, I mean, I, I know that when I get feedback about presentations and things that I've done that very positive, it just, frankly, it makes it all worth it. Absolutely. You want to share one more of your points? You're easier. Just, we just want them to buy the book, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll say the second one um, stands for empowerment. And I, the reason I think it's so important is because when we talk about burnout and you ask, you know, nine out of 10 people, they'll tell you it's because of their job and it's because of the demands and their boss and all the things out there. And certainly we can say that those things 
um, exist in the world and they can be tough, right? But it's really all again about our perception. And so you're, you're starting to feel like you have no control. And people who feel burned out feel like it's happening to me. I'm a victim to my circumstances. And really what I want people to walk away with is the sense of empowerment, that it's not those things, but it's really your mind and the way that you think about those things. And if you can manage yourself, if you manage your thoughts and your feelings, then you can feel different in that exact situation. And so we're looking not just at thoughts, but then we're looking at everything that is around you that can be considered an energy drain. Because ultimately, what I would say burnout boils down to energy, it's energy management. And the the more that you feel burned out, the less energy you have. And so it's a it's kind of like you have to make sure and that's that's why self care is so important, because it's an opportunity for you to recharge your battery, make sure you have that energy so that you can keep going. Um, so it's definitely like from a mental perspective, it's managing your thoughts, because your thoughts can be very energy draining. But it's also about managing all these external things that you can perceive as stressful, so that the less clutter, the less stuff of those things you have around you, the more you can hold on to the energy that you have. And, and I think that's very empowering. So, um, so I'm just walking them through all these different steps that they can really take themselves on this journey, find all the solutions that work for them and really uh, rediscover what's possible. Okay. One of the questions I like to ask is, I mean, you, you said in the very beginning, you're doing a lot of coaching and, and things like that now. So what, what keeps you up at night when you think about growing your coaching business? That's a good question. I don't think it's so much anxiety because I'm not a very anxious person. I have this book you can read. <laughs> I'm saying, I'm saying it's, not, it's not really anxiety. I think what happens is sometimes I just get into too many projects and then it's about like managing realistically, like what I can do in the time that I have and refocusing my mind because I can easily go in a hundred different directions. Cause I'm like, Oh, I'm so ambitious and I got all these great ideas and I want to do this and I want to do that. And I think it can be like too much. And I'm constantly having to like reel myself back in and be like, Whoa, 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 Whoa. Like just focus on this one thing. Right. And that's hard for me because I'm, I'm very creative and I'm very excited about creating. And so for me, it's like, oh, I can't do that. Okay, I guess, you know, it's, I'm like this kid in the candy store. It's like, I can't have that candy. Come on, I want it, you know. And it's like, no, no, no. And so I had to do that, like with the book, like, I was like, all right, if I want to get this book done, I got to sit down, I got to plan, like, when am I going to read it, write it, edit it, you know, all these things. It, it, it was so many iterations and constantly coming back in and the design, all of these things. It really took so much time. So I had to be very focused on that. Then it was about creating my coaching program and like really focusing my mind just on that and eliminating all these other distractions and all these things that I could do. But it's like, no, you have to focus on like, what is the core thing that's going to help your business? And so I think that's been my biggest struggle is, um, how to kind of not get sucked into too many things because, you know, they're, they're exciting and they're fun and I would like enjoy doing them, but it also takes away from like the main thing that I need to focus on. So it's constantly bringing myself back to that. What, what do I need to focus on right now? I call them shiny pennies and, uh, <laughs> and I chase them all the time. I, I'm sitting here nodding because 
I, I actually had a conversation with somebody this morning about writing a book and you know, I have three of them in various stages and in my probably biggest struggle is doing what you just did, said you did is just focusing and doing nothing but, and it's, you know, cause I have a marketing business and I have the podcast and the you know, book and, and you know, life in general, I, a lot of times it just takes a back seat. So they've been going a lot slower than I would like because I let, I see how I could leverage them into business as well. Was there a specific, I know we're coming down to to the end of the, the show here, but was there a specific event or motivation that decided now's the time I'm going to write this book or even the kind of book you were going to write? Well, like I said, I, I, I was excited about the prospect of writing a book. When I got into coaching, everybody was like, you have to write a book. You have to write a book. You know, they're like, you're, you know, you've got a doctorate, which gives you credibility. But if you write a book, then you get even more credibility. And I was just like, that sounds great. But it also sounds so incredibly daunting. <laughs> and like, it's like, what do you write on? And how do you get it to be succinct? I've never done it before, you know. Um, and so I really thought about what kind of work do I want to do? Who do I want to work with? And how can I create my business in a very intentional way? And I thought, you know, the people that I enjoy working with the most are people who are high achievers, because I can identify with them. And I understand their mindset. And I've been working with them forever and ever. And so like, it's, it's easy. It's as easy as having a conversation with you right now, you know? Um, and so I thought, well, what do they struggle with that I can help? Right. Um, because that's the kind of goal is to find find an area that uh, your target audience is really struggling with that you have a strength that you can kind of support them with. And so I thought, you know, what is that? And one of the things that came up is burnout. And I'm like, OK, well, burnout, what is that? Actually, it's it's basically something that happens as a result of you know, your mindset of not taking care of yourself of, you know, all these things. And, and, and what was so interesting about burnout in particular, is that, you know, people don't necessarily understand what's happening to them, and they don't know what to look out for. And so there's all this mystery around it. It's like, oh, we've heard the word burnout, but we don't really know what it means. And how is it different from stress? And how is it different from this and that and the other? And so people are always asking me these questions, because, we are familiar with the terminology, but we actually don't really understand it very well. And so I really took it on as a mission to educate people what to look out for, how to prevent it, what they need to do to really turn their life around. And so I thought this could be, this could really be something, you know, and putting it into a book um, and, and guiding people with all the tools that I typically teach all of my clients one-on-one -on -one is a great way for people to coach themselves through it. Okay, so fantastic. that's how that all came about. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So I have one last question before we, uh, we, we part here. What gets you out of bed every morning? What, what inspires you? I have to say, I feel very, very lucky because everything in my life gets me out of bed. <laughs> you know, on the weekends, it's spending time with my family. Um, it's being outdoors and, seeing all the beautiful nature around it's hanging out with friends it's eating really good food uh it's traveling and then monday through friday it's about doing the thing that i love and showing up in all different ways whether it's through my writing through podcasting through uh coaching 
uh, all the things that I'm doing, I create online courses. I just, I'm constantly like creating new, new ways of sharing what I have with the world. And I love every aspect of it. And I feel very fortunate that I have all these things to be grateful for. Yeah, well, that's, that's beautiful. I love that. And thank you so much. This has been, uh, this has been a joy. I got a free therapy session out of it. So thank you very much. Um, so, I'll send you the bill later. Yeah, send me a bill. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, why don't you go ahead and tell the audience um, how they can reach you, connect with you, where they can buy your book, all that good stuff. Yeah, so I think the easiest way to connect with me and to have access to all the resources is by going to my website, which is drsharongrossman.com. Uh, you have an opportunity there to connect with me if you wanted to have a free consultation. I have a link where you can sign up to my calendar and, and schedule something. There's also a link for the book. You can find it on Amazon or you can get it, you know, through that link. Um, there's also uh, something that I just came up with, which is the burnout meter. So if you're curious where you are in that process and you want to take a, a little quiz, um, you can then jump on a call with me and I'll tell you what your score is and what are some good next steps for yourself. Um, and then I'm currently also working on putting together a webinar. So, uh, come come back and check in and see when it's uploaded it's probably going to be up there shortly so uh, lots of good stuff all from there and that's probably the best place to send everybody oh fantastic you certainly got a lot of ways to connect and and i love that that you're taking the book and really putting it into courses and webinars and and if we could probably lecture circuits and things like that so uh, we'll be back there someday, probably in the next six months. I think I'm, I'm keeping my fingers crossed. Well, thank you again. I really appreciate you joining me. Uh, Sharon, thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. I want to thank Dr. Grossman for being on the show today and for you, my listeners for joining us. Hopefully you've gotten something really great out of this. I know I did. As I said, I got a free therapy session, so I think I'm good for a little while. I want to thank you for joining me here at the cafe. Now, if your business needs a CMO or a senior level marketing person, and you're just not quite ready for a full-time person yet, connect with me to find out more about my fractional interim and consulting marketing services. You can visit theponzagroup.com to find a variety of resources, blogs, videos, eBooks, and certainly you can connect with me there or on LinkedIn like the rest of the world. Lastly, if you're a subscriber to the show, thank you so much. And I encourage you to tell others about the show so they can benefit from the great content like you heard today. You can go to thebusinessgrowthcafe.com to subscribe, or you can subscribe on any podcast platform you like to listen to. And please don't forget to join me here next week at the Business Growth Cafe. Thank you for listening to today's discussion at the Business Growth Cafe with your host, Angelo Ponzi. Take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and visit our website at www.businessgrowthcafe.com. Read Angelo Ponzi's blogs at www.theponzigroup.com.